turn. Alright, take him. Take him. It's a nice buck. Take him. Heck yeah, buddy. Awesome shot. He's going down. Welcome to the Hunt and Fish Network podcast. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt and Fish Network podcast. I'm your host, Ed Woolley, a.k.a. Mr. Mealy Tynes. And this is episode two. We've got my good buddy out of Alberta, Scott Olson with Sounding Creek Outfitters. How goes it, Scott? Good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Good, good. Maybe to uh, start off this uh, podcast, you want to introduce yourself? Take a couple minutes to introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. So uh, my name's Scott Olson. I'm from Alberta, Canada, and I own and operate uh, Sounding Creek Outfitters, which uh, we just kind of got started going full time with it really uh, last year, but been operating since 2017, just kind of part time taking some old clients and stuff, uh, three to four guys a year type of thing. And now last year I had the opportunity to kind of go full time with it and take on a few more guys and, you know, more area and stuff like that. So that's where we're at right now. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. Kind of, uh, tell us a little bit how you got into the hunting scene. Yeah. So, I mean, most people usually get started, you know, with their, their dads or their parents or whatever, but I kind of just, um, came about it naturally I guess I just always was into the the hunting and and fishing from a young age and my dad hunted a little bit but uh not too much before I got you know old enough he basically just kind of started taking me out and then I pretty much just always was on my own going from the time I was you could legally back then I think you could start rifle hunting in Alberta when you were 14 and archery and uh shotgun and stuff like that when you're 12 so I just was always taking off walking, going by myself wherever and, and always was into the, the archery because you can buy an archery um, mule deer tag in Alberta pretty much every year, but you have to be drawn um, to buy a rifle or to get a rifle tag. So I was just, for me, it was two more months of opportunity to hunt. So I just kind of started teaching myself how to do it and a lot of trial and error and and uh my parents more or less questioning why do i keep going out if i never get anything for for years and years and then um yeah eventually actually i got uh, i went to school for the wildlife guiding and outfitting program that they, they used to offer in vermilion college uh and from there I started working for a different outfitter in the fall and and yeah right on man how did uh how did the sounding creek thing get started yeah, so just a little more on that, I guess. Um, like I said, I was going to school and doing that, and I started uh, working for a, a local outfitter. Uh, his name is Jack, Jack Franklin. He's a well-known, uh, one of the long-standing outfitters in Alberta here. And I think I guided from him from 2004 or five till about 2010, five or six years there. Um, and then, of course, all of a sudden, you kind of got to go away and girlfriends and get a real job. So I did that and went away from the guiding scene other than just taking out friends and family for about six years. And then I, I moved back home and I thought, well, I might want to just take on a few tags. And I always had old clients when I used to work for him that, you know, wanted to kind of go with me and liked what I did. So they said, well, you should see if you can 
start off doing it on your own. So, okay. So I did that and I just took on basically three archery, four archery hunters a year. And if I could get a rifle allocation or two, I would do that if the guys wanted to come. So four or six guys a year, just kind of on my, uh, my time off for my regular job. And then in uh, 2017 is when I decided that I was going to actually uh, purchase the lease, at least to purchase some of these archery tags. Again, still only taking a few guys. Um, so started doing that, decided that I liked it and the opportunities come up now. Um, this Jack is kind of starting to retire a little bit more and give me kind of first option to kind of basically take over more of his business, I guess. And it's, it's a pretty kind of once in a lifetime opportunity to do out here. They're, the tags themselves are very hard to come by. So yeah, that's, it was 2022. So I decided to do that and kind of quit my everyday job and, and kind of shit or get off the pot type of thing and, and take on some more of these hunts and, you know, do what I, I love to do. So last year, 2022 was our first year going full time with it. Um, I do primarily all of the hunts myself. I do have a couple um, close friends that are really good that will help me out from time to time if we uh, if we need it. And, you know, we had a fairly, what I would consider successful first year. Um, I think we were four for seven. I think I was telling you earlier on our archery hunts. Um, average buck is around 180 inches and then about the same in rifle. So it's really good. Yeah, those are those are solid bucks. I mean, to get a buck like that anymore, it's, it's uh, pretty rare in my opinion. Yeah, it is. It, you know, and it just takes, for one thing, you have to be hunting in the areas that they exist, right? Like if you're trying to kill a 180 or 200 inch deer in a place where there's never been one killed, then it's probably not going to happen, right? So there's a lot of work that goes into it. A lot of scouting is the biggest thing. That's kind of the benefit we have here is, you know, growing up here, knowing the area, you know, and just where to look for them and just putting the time in, you know, pretty much pretty much year round, quite honestly, but very heavily, um, you know, from beginning of July, right on to November. Yeah. Do you get a lot of guys that you talk to say, Oh yeah, I'm not going to shoot anything that's lower than 190." but then when they get there and hunt with you, they're wanting to shoot the first thing they see. Well, it, it definitely, it definitely happens, but guys are pretty good. And I, I talk to mostly everybody before they come, right. And what a realistic expectation is, you know, um, 190 inch deer is a giant deer and we're trying to kill those deer and we do kill them. Um, but we're trying to kill mature deer that are high scoring. Like that's kind of, you know, it doesn't just have to be 180 inches. Well, it might be a three and a half year old, four and a half year old deer. And, you know, the better deer to kill is the 170 inch three by three or four by three. That's, you know, five or six years old. That's kind of, you know, been there and done that and try and keep the maturity up and get those genes still going but on that side it's still tough to do it's pretty tough for anybody to pass 180 or 190 inch young deer especially with the bow i mean you only get so many opportunities right but um but yeah it's a lot of times uh it's pretty natural for guys standards to to drop once you get there and everybody gets excited and and a lot of people's idea of what 190 inch deer is is also a little different than what realistically a lot of big deer are. It takes a lot to get to those, those big numbers. Right. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of that. What's your uh, favorite thing about guiding? Well, my favorite thing, especially recently has just been meeting, you know, more like-minded people that 
you know, especially mule deer is our big thing and archery mule deer at that, where that's their, you know, their true passion. And, you know, where I've grown up, a lot of my friends and stuff all hunt, but really a, a lot of you guys in the Southern States and stuff are, it's hard to compare the passion that a lot of people from the States have for it over a lot of Canadian or, or Alberta residents that kind of have grown up with it. Right. So just a real appreciation of, of meeting these new people that, that have that want for these, you know, big mule deer. I know that it's a rare thing to come across. Right. And then just um, how everybody's businesses are in different, you know, everybody's got different lifestyles and, some guys come from Oregon or Texas or California or, you know, Utah or whatever. And, and just seeing what everybody does, you know? So, uh, I actually recently just, just got back from a trip down to the States. I was down in Nevada for the uh, Pope and Young Club convention. And then from there I carried on and went through Oregon and, uh, California and Washington and, and met some clients that, you know, I've always been meaning to go to their places. I've been guiding for 10 years or whatever, and just never can make it down there you know, it was great to go there and see their operations and, you know, those guys specifically are farmers and just different, different things. So that's been what I like. And then, I mean, the biggest thing is when you get somebody, when it actually happens and you get somebody that once in a lifetime deer, that their true dream deer, they've maybe been after for 20 or 30 or 40 years, some people, right. To get that 180 plus buck or even a 200 or whatever, you know, that's a, that's a special feeling to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I tell a lot of guys, they're like, you would rather guide somebody to a 200-inch deer than shoot it yourself. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of how I've been raised. My dad's been in the outfitting business for probably 40 years, and so that's just kind of how I've been raised. And so when I tell people that, they're like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah, and it was funny. That's always, even when I first got started, I remember the first 200-inch um, deer that I, I put a guy on. You know, a lot of my friends are just, oh, man, how could you? you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have shot that deer yourself? And, you know, when you're young and stuff, well, you know, I would have, anybody would like to shoot that deer, but no, it meant it's kind of a, when you guide somebody to it, it's kind of that next level thing. It's kind of that extra thing. Like you can hear yourself. Yeah. But to actually put somebody else on that deer and they're successful and they get it. Uh, it's just a, it's a great feeling and it's a, it's an addiction really. It's another next level in the hunting addiction, I guess. All right. So what are the, key traits in a good outfitter and what should a client look for in an out in hiring an outfitter? Yeah. So um, kind of like I was saying, like, I think a big thing you need to look at is exactly what type of hunt you're expecting or you're, you, you personally want. Um, you know, there's obviously lots of different options to go for. There's lots of great outfitters out there. Um, you know, some guys might have five or six guys in camp at once, or they might have, you know, 50 guys coming through a year or a hundred. So you might want to look at going with, you know, do you want to go on a, a big, you know, big side of things or kind of a guy that does smaller stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, you want to be asking things like uh, what's their success rate like um, and, and what type of quality animals and whether you're hunting mule deer or, or elk or elephants in Africa, you know, uh, a big thing, what kind of accommodations are you staying in and what kind of, what's all provided with the hunt, you know, um, what types of food and and everything like that uh i know one thing uh you know a lot of guys ask me is you know how many how many people are you taking this year and how many are you taking before i get there right so um 
you know, and I know a lot of guys really, you know, it's kind of a number thing, you know, they're running people through and not that you can't be, I guess, successful in some places like that, but, you know, I have to think about what would I like if I was, you know, my own client, you know, so you're going to have the same opportunity that the guy that came the first week does or the second week does or whatever. Right. So um, ask that how many people your the guy takes in a year, the outfitter takes in a year, um, what their success rate is year to year. Um, a lot of guys are good at showing, you know, pictures of big animals from 10 years ago. Right. Well, that doesn't help you too much about what's been getting killed in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Um areas that they have to to hunt you know are you hunting on just a small ranch or a lease a couple ranches or do you have a huge expansive area that guys are going into um and then also be very careful with um extras on hunts you know I've, I've heard of i've had a lot of clients that come hunt with me that have told me stories of going you know mostly specifically down in mexico you know you go down there you think the hunt is you know ten thousand dollars but then all of a sudden there's you know, it's three or $5,000 more to get on this place. And then uh, where's the deer coming from? And all of a sudden they come out of it and it was, you know, 20 grand or it was a lot more, there was a lot more to it, I guess, than, than what they had originally thought. So all that stuff is, is really important. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my big deal. I, I get my clients interested and then when they they're ready to book, I send them directly to the outfitter. So there's no surprises or any of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, a big thing too is um, um, if they're, if you're signing a, a hunt contract or a, or a liability form, I think is a really good thing. I know some places that you don't, you know, you hear horror stories of guys sending in a deposit and they got, you know, there's scams out there, everything. So, you know, make sure you're doing something that's protecting yourself on, on your end as well. And that the outfitter is having to hold up on their end too. So. For sure. Do you, uh, got a favorite hunting story you want to share with us um yeah well you know one that kind of sticks out or stuck out to my mind was um back when i was just originally guiding and it was about my second or third year of guiding and this is really kind of what you know made me uh, appreciate the people that you're, you're taking out is and he wasn't actually a guy that i was guiding my client had tagged out and shot actually a really big buck a 211 inch deer and it was his friend was out with the outfitter I was working for. And that guy, his name was Terry. He'd been out, um, I think for two or three years in a row. And he just, he was a new archery hunter. He just couldn't seem to get it done. He was, you know, missed two or three deer. And I think wounded one the year before and it got away, of course. And anyways, he, uh, he, he'd wounded a buck. He, he hit him uh, fatally, he hit him, you know, back a little bit and they had left him and overnight you know he was just a wreck you know oh my gosh I can't believe I've done it again and blah 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 and we all went out as a group the next day and and uh and we ended up finding that deer you know and it wasn't the biggest deer in the world it was a you know it was a big nice three by three mule deer and that guy just broke down in tears you know he was just so overjoyed that he got this buck you know to him that deer was more important than the guy, his buddy that shot the 211 inch deer with me two days before that, you know, he was more appreciative of that buck. So, and that's kind of what kind of got me into the guiding and outfitting thing too. Heck yeah. So what, uh, areas of Alberta do you guide in? Yeah. So I'm about three hours straight East of Calgary, which is where clients usually fly into. 
And then like kind of two hours north of Medicine Hat is the next closest city. Um, so we're the southeastern corner of Alberta and I hunt in four different um, zones here. They're called WMUs is how Alberta is, is uh, separated in. And three of those um, are right along the Saskatchewan border. So they butt up to the Saskatchewan border. And then the other one is, is right beside it. So they're all kind of four together. Uh, I think I was adding it up the other day in total, it's, 5,900 square miles and about 3.9 million acres available. Now there's that much land. It doesn't mean we necessarily get to hunt on that amount of it, but um, it's all private here pretty much. There's a little bit of, uh, of public access to some places, but for the most part, it's private. So, you know, we're, we're basically going off of the good gracious of landowners um, allowing us to hunt on their land. So, and we do pretty good. People are pretty good here for the most part. You know, we probably have about, you know, 70% or even maybe a little better, depending where we're at, of, of being able to get permission. So it's a, when guys come, they can't, they can't really believe how much area that we have to cover in a, in a course of a week. So. Heck yeah. So what uh, airport do you usually have guys flying to? Usually into the Calgary, Calgary International Airport, yeah. And then drive from there? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, right now, I haven't been offering um, airport pickup. Just it, it takes too much away when you're real busy. You know, it's basically two days out of the hunt. So usually guys fly into there, into there and rent a vehicle and, and drive out to Wayne, which is where I'm at. And uh, it's about a three-hour drive. It's not too bad. But I'm working on in the future, uh, maybe setting something up to, to be able to have a service um to be able to pick up and, and drop off but heck yeah what uh what hunts do you specialize in at sounding creek so mostly we're doing archery mule deer hunts is kind of uh the main thing that i'm passionate about um we do have a couple um three rifle hunts that we do for mule deer and i kind of pretty much make them a combo for with whitetail as well for rifle um and then i have three whitetail only hunts that I do kind of just that's kind of a new thing that we're getting into our whitetail hunting actually has just been getting better and better every year around here you know we're you know whether we're just figuring out how to find them better you know technology with trail cameras and stuff like that is is getting pretty good and it seems like year after year we're we're knowing about more of these you know 160 to 180 kind of type whitetails and uh, so I'm just trying to specialize a little bit in a couple hunts for them but mule deer is the main thing. Heck yeah. So what, uh, you got any hunts readily available right now for guys interested if they don't draw for the 2023 season? Yeah, for sure. So I've got, um, four archery hunts still available for this year. Um, and kind of have, you know, a variety of different dates we can work with it. Mainly the, the third week of September and then the first two weeks of October is what, um, I have available for sure right now. So. And those are for mule deer only, or could you do for it? For mule deer only? Yeah. Only. What's uh what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you? Um, so the best way is just to get in contact with me is probably just on my cell phone, um, or on my Instagram at Sounding Creek Outfitters or at Sounding Creek, I guess it is, and all the information's on there. Um, we're working on we have a website that's just being built right now and it's getting close to being done. Um, but the lady who's building, it's just, just had her first baby. So we're having a little break from that for now and everything will be up on there. But yeah, um, on Instagram is really good. 
or uh, on my cell phone for sure, 403-664-1265. Heck yeah. What about the, uh, what about them fires up there right now? They trying, they getting them out or is it going to burn for it's, a little bit? Yeah. It sounded like, I think that they're getting them out now. We, you know, luckily just got some rain yesterday, I think. And it's still um, where I'm at in Southeastern Alberta, you know, it's not too much of a, a problem yet we've had the smoke blowing in um but today is nice and clear and it looks like rain is supposed to be coming all over alberta for the next few days so hopefully that's that's going to help out big time they they need a break from it up there for sure heck yeah and on these on these hunts years are they mostly spot and stock or do you have some blinds and stuff that guys can sit in yeah it's mostly almost 100 percent spot and stock so you're out with um, basically it's a lot of truck stuff, right? We're, we're out early in the morning, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning, especially for those early archery hunts. And, you know, we're just putting on the miles, you know, typically we're going to already know about the deer that, that we're going after. So we're narrowing it down a little bit there to certain areas. Um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty much trying to find those deer, you know, from back roads and stuff like that in farmer's fields and in pasture land and watching them and bedding them down. And then, uh, we sneak in get on top of them, let them stand up on their own and, and get them shot. And same with the, the rifle hunts. Um, you're just putting on miles, basically looking and looking and looking and, and trying to find them. And occasionally um, we will stalk into areas before we maybe see a deer. Um, if we know it's a good area, you know, a lot of uh, coulee systems and river hills and stuff. But for the most part, what I've found is that we do a lot. You end up spooking deer more than likely than not. If you know where a big one is, you're better off to just keep watching and waiting from a distance basically until you at least have an idea where they're at and then move in on them and, and try and get them killed. Yeah. What, uh, what's the average distance guys need to be proficient at when they come up there to hunt with you for their bow? Yeah. So archery now, you know, I really like guys to be confident at very confident at 40 and, and you know, be able to shoot 50. Um, we don't want to take shots much further than that, you know, unless you absolutely have to, um, that's, that's kind of, we're trying to get to 40 yards. is kind of what I like to be the sweet spot. You can obviously get closer and we do get closer sometimes, but we just found more times than not, you get inside of that 40, you know, 30 yards and you're just, you're just, you're too close. You know, when them deer stand up, they, they have a better chance of knowing you're there. You know, of course, everything's louder. They can hear better. So, if guys can be proficient at 40 yards, you know, it's, it's highly likely that you're going to get a good quality shooting opportunity in a, in a week long hunt for sure. Heck yeah. And then on your, uh, do you have like a wound policy if they draw blood, then they're done or. Yeah. You know, not so much done, but we're not going to go after another deer basically, you know, um, it's just, it's happened in the past before where, you know, you get one and you, you think, well, I don't think really that's fatal. And if you can't find them, you, you go after another one and, we're just trying to get away from that. Yeah. So basically if you draw blood, you know, that's, that's your deer and that's the buck we're going to keep going after until, until we either get him or he gets away. So. Right on. What, uh, what class of bucks can guys expect when they come up? So basically on a week long hunt, I mean, you can expect to be seeing, you know, 170 to 200 inch plus deer, you know, um, realistically, obviously the higher you get, the bigger, deer that you're looking for it's harder to find those bucks but they definitely exist here um we were i think 90 percent success rate on what i considered mature 170 inch plus mature 
deer last year on a shooting opportunity at, at 50 yards or less, a quality shooting opportunity. So that's realistically what you're looking at, right? On these, on these type of hunts. Um, we're obviously trying to kill the biggest, best ones we can, but there's not, you know, 50 of them out there. You're, you're looking to pick out those, you know, seven to 10 really big deer and, and, and get in on them. And pretty much every client that comes, there is, you know, those higher end years, the 180 pluses that we're hunting, you know, whether we, we find them or they come onto the property that we can hunt or not is another thing. Um, but just about nobody doesn't get the opportunity at least to go after, you know, something that 170 plus and, and go after it. A lot of times we're, we're passing that, right. And we're just, nope, that's not what we want. We're going to keep going for, for bigger and look for that big one or nothing. And, and that's great too. Right on, man. So are you, are you out all day with your clients or do you come in for like lunch and then kind of chill for a couple hours and go back out? Yeah, it depends on the day, but um, especially with the early season, it's, it can be very hot. It can be as hot as you guys get a hundred degrees. So really them deer are only up moving for a couple hours in the light usually or in the morning. And then they bed down and they're in the pretty much early season in those deep crops and stuff. And, and we'll, we'll typically come in and have a break then or, or have a nap out in the field or whatever and head back out in the afternoon to try and find something when it gets back up moving. And, and, and at that point in the evening, we're pretty much scouting for the next morning. Like we don't ever really want to stalk a deer that's up and moving. We're pretty much always waiting for them to find them in the morning. And, and we're killing most of the deer between 11 and two o'clock in the afternoon is usually when we're getting it done. So after that, unless it's a really good scenario, um, you know, we're finding them at four or five o'clock in the evening where we're just basically watching, waiting for them to go to, for the next morning. Heck yeah. What, uh, what's your prediction for this fall? You know, I think it's, I think it's going to be good. Um, you know, we had a tough winter as well, like uh, a lot of places across, you know, uh, the States and, and Alberta and Saskatchewan and everywhere had, you know, heavy snow and we had it early last year, but as far as that went last year, I think it saved a lot of our, our bigger bucks. Like guys just uh, couldn't get around. You just couldn't get around to where these, these deer were, you know, unless you had a snowmobile or something like that. And I just didn't hear of anybody really, you know, killing a whole bunch of deer last year. So I think that part of it's going to be good. Inevitably, you know, the winter's going to take some, some deer every year it does. So, but so far what I've seen this year with just being out a little bit that I have doing some shed hunting and stuff, there's a pile of deer around and I expect there's going to be, there's going to be some big deer killed this year, I think. So. Heck yeah. Well, I appreciate you jumping on today and uh, throwing out some info on your outfitting business. So you want to tell, tell them how they can get in contact with you again. Yeah. So, uh, and thanks Ed for having me on for sure. It's not, I don't do this kind of thing very often. So hopefully it all went good. Um, but yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest is on my Instagram at sounding Creek. Um, or you can give me a call or text on my cell is 403-664-1265. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. And thanks for hopping on. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks a lot.